0: welcome ladies and gentlemen to another episode of psychic thoughts now i've been making some more podcasts lately and i'd love for you to go check out my titanfall one my bars app one my xbox and so many others that i've made um we have now surpassed 500 total listens on my podcast so round of applause thank you all so much for your support for listening for tuning in and supporting me and everywhere else now oh, it's been only a day like this motherfucker again. I had too many thoughts that I couldn't write or put in a video, so that's when I come to a podcast. Justice League, The Snyder Cut. I just finished watching it with my family. It is four hours long. That's insane for a film. I'm a film major, and I'm a filmmaker. I've been studying and making films for a decade. I am a big nerd. I love DC, and I love Marvel and all of it. Star Wars too, of course. Um, I'm not the most knowledgeable. I don't know every insight, Easter egg, detail. I have only read some of the DC comics. I haven't read a lot of them. I've read more Marvel comics. Uh, I love them both, and for different reasons. You know, I don't pick sides. But, as a disclaimer... There will be spoilers. I'm going to try to reduce it. I don't want to make many, but just so you know, if you have not seen the Snyder Cut, there are spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, spoiler alert. If you get it spoiled, I told you so. It means you skipped this part. Okay? Because I don't want to ruin it for you. And it's not like there's massive plot twists. It's still the core of the same film, so if you've seen it before, right? but there are some things that are spoilers. So I might Reach that. I'm going off the top. Just how I feel. I just finished watching it about 20 minutes ago. So, giving a little spoiler alert. Like I said, I'll try to reduce it, but it may slip. <laughs> so, with that in mind... Oh, also, I'm talking purely on films. Right? I'm talking about DC films. I'm not going to be connecting it to the comics. I'm not going to be going into, Oh, you didn't read this for... No. That's ridiculous. I don't have that time if you haven't picked up (laughs) with the college, the film, the family, the music, the the podcast, everything. I don't got time for that. It's amazing I was able to squeeze in uh, a four-hour film after finishing a midterm exam, right? (laughs) So let's get into it. First off, I want to give my condolences and, and I know he's not listening, but I just want to give my condolences to Zack Snyder. I can't imagine what it would be like to lose somebody you love in general at that level. But for those who don't know, he lost his daughter. She committed suicide mid-production of Justice League. And, and so he, of course, of course, he had to leave and deal with that. And so Joss Whedon came in to finish it. So my condolences to Snyder and his family um it's it's a it's so painful to go through you know as somebody who has depression and who is about the age that his daughter was um you know I, i can feel that in many levels so my heart goes out to him and and i feel that the love and support that the snyder cut has gotten in these past two days is great and i think he deserves it not just because of what he's able to accomplish from a technical standpoint about making the film and getting it out to the fans and doing it but not giving up (laughs) if you lost your daughter from suicide i don't know i mean i don't have kids but i couldn't imagine couldn't imagine losing my loved ones from anything like that and going on right so kudos to him for the strength to uh put himself back together and, and do something finish something that he felt was necessary you know and i don't think anybody if he decided not to do the snyder cut i don't think anybody would have batted an eye you know people might have been sad like oh well missed opportunity but nobody's gonna be like hey come on man i think everybody was understanding of the horrendous circumstances he went through so um also let's give some props to joss whedon right um sure it wasn't a great film but can you imagine being asked last minute and being friends with the director and just saying, yeah, I'll take... Even if you were experienced in film like Joss Whedon was, is and as great as he is, you can't do something like that because that film was written, produced, and edited and directed by Snyder. So it was really, even even if it was well-planned, you, you can't convey it the same way if somebody's got their... Uh, their finger on all the buttons, right? So the reason why the theatrical cut of Justice League was so off was purely by horrifying and unusual circumstances. And it's unfortunate. But from that, we learned, first of all, how much footage they filmed. That's incredible how many alternate things they had ready, which really gives you an idea of how many of these big films shoot so much more footage. And I I assume it's because they want to, if they want to add some things, take away things, of course, just for filling the main plot line. But they have some things that, I mean, clearly some of it had to have been some reshoots, but also just, I, I was just amazed at how much more they are able to put in and still make sense. It's unbelievable. It really is. Because when you're watching it, you have to remember, you're watching a four, five-year-old film from its initial, you know, shooting. And the CGI and the technology, doesn't matter how good it is today, you can only polish it so much, it's five-year-old CGI, right? So yeah, Um, the original theatrical cut is just about two hours, which for a big superhero film, that's not too long, it's good, it's a good good amount but it's not too long the snyder cut is four hours and two minutes long longer than any marvel movie any star wars movie longer than most films ever there's not many films that exceed four hours other than director's cuts um definitely not many theatrical cuts i could think of right endgame was a big deal because it was three hours and two minutes this is four hours and two minutes of course, this wasn't theatrical release, and so there's there's the difference, right? HBO Max exclusive. And it is split into parts, so you could pause it at certain parts if you want. But those are more just like chapters, like in a Tarantino film. So anyway, um, I'm not going to go over like the, the story or the everything that happened. You don't need that. If you want that, just watch the movie or, or watch a video breakdown, right? podcast isn't gonna do that justice if you're interested in what i think since i have experience in the film industry somewhat and i have studied film and i am a dc fan i just want to give my thoughts on it from a filmmaker's perspective and from a fan's perspective now i've always been a little more critical of dc dcu i should say Uh, as i don't it's not personal it's just i have always felt like they've been trying to be where marvel's at and they don't need to I don't. The Dark Knight trilogy is one of the most incredible superhero trilogies I've ever seen. And while it's not as super in the hero sense, it's more grounded in realism and gritty. It's The Dark Knight um you know <laughs> Batman and the Dark Knight is one of the most well-made superhero films out there. It just hands down. And as because of Batman. and the, I mean, the story and, and plot is great, but it's because of Batman, it's because of Heath Ledger's Joker. One of the most incredible performances I've ever seen on screen and something that is always engrossing to watch. Right? It's not these big CGI battles. It's a man versus a man. It's in Gotham it's gritty it is batman it's like playing the batman games actually it's more grounded than that right and i thought that was incredible and bane kind of took it a little more to a larger superhero kind of villain level he was a little more eccentric but he was still v- v- pretty grounded i mean he's just a very elaborate terrorist essentially <laughs> you know what i mean uh, this was not that this was portals from other wel- realms and ancient gods and stuff this was more in line with what the comics are a variation of the more traditional comics. And that's fine. And that's what DCU was going for all along. And it was connecting things. And it was trying to do what uh, MCU did. But the problem is that you have to remember when Iron Man was being made, the Dark Knight was being made. Oh, I'm sorry. When Iron Man was released, the Dark Knight was filming. Dark Knight came out in 2009, Iron Man came out in 2008. That's the difference. We're talking the second film of the Nolan, and then Dark Knight Rises, twenty twelve. By twenty twelve, the first Avengers came out. By twenty seventeen, we had, um, actually I don't. That's kind of a blank spot in my mind. It was such a long time, uh, such a weird year for me. But um, 2017, 2018 was Infinity War. Right. Black Panther and Infinity War was around 2018. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And so Justice League was one year before that. That's how far behind they are. I'm just trying to give you an idea. Right. They had a few films, they had Batman. Man, Man of Steel was 2012. So when Man of Steel, the first entry of the DCU, right, came out, that was the same year Avengers came out. So Avengers already had four years on them. That's a big difference. And that is too difficult to try to catch up to. But they don't need to. They're DC. They've got their own fan base. In fact, a lot of Marvel fans like DC. It's no issue. It's not a complete... It's not an absolute. You can't just like Marvel or just like DC. You can like aspects of different ones. You might like the DC Comics more, the DC video games more, or the Marvel... You know what I mean? Or the movies, right? But most people will sway and say the MCU is much better than the DCU. And the reason for that is because the DCU is trying to play catch-up, couldn't get their footing, and has still been stumbling. And they've just had to kind of cut it clean. I mean, they had the latest Wonder Woman that did okay. Aquaman was fun, but it wasn't, like, critically acclaimed. It was a good movie. I I actually really enjoyed it at a fun time, but it's that's more of a personal reason. Um... So yeah, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm biased because I'm a film guy and I'm just realizing how far behind DCU is and I want them to catch up desperately. So please don't take this as I hate the DCU. I hate everything they do. I don't, you know, I'm a little more critical. Of it. It, it takes longer for me to open up to it and it doesn't always emotionally connect to me and that's a technical film thing that I'm going to get into. So please just know that I do love the DCU and I'm not trying to shit on it or anything. I am a fan of it. I just... I, I see Marvel's film lineup to be superior in the way they make movies. and That's important when you're making movies. Alright, so I'm going to take a quick break and we'll get right back after this. Before we go into the break... um. A little disclaimer: I was I I'm doing this freestyle. I didn't even write an outline. I'm restructuring it as I go. So just so you know, before we hit this first ad break after this intro, and I appreciate you all listening, I just want to say, I started. I start. I started recording this more negative. I get the negative stuff out of the way, and then I did positive, and I realized that's not as entertaining to listen to. It's not as enjoyable. So I'm gonna flip it. So I'm gonna start. I've got the the same what you just heard and i'm going to put and i mentioned this in the end of the prose part because i i literally figured it out as i was talking i'm going to restructure it a little bit so i'm going to put the prose and what i like about it to begin with because i was just kind of saying i like the snyder cut but here's why i didn't like it right and i don't want to start that way because i actually loved the i loved this film i thought it was great great way of re redoing things and it couldn't have been done better honestly for what it had going and so i'm very excited about this movie and i don't want to come off as somebody who hated it in the first 15-20 minutes so just listen to the positive part then i'll go into some of the downsides and then i'll wrap it up with what i'm excited about and what intrigued me and what i want to see expanded upon in the future thank you welcome back ladies and gentlemen so i know i've been droning on and on What are some things that I liked about it? We're going to go over pros, and then we're going to go over some of the... And that's going to go with spoiler warning. Another spoiler warning This is where I really am going to get in. And some things that that really intrigued me. Um, Pros are, once again, the connectivity. Showing. uh, Just all these opening sequences. I didn't care about Cyborg in the original cut. And now I fucking love him. (laughs) That's amazing turnaround. You know? I mean... Um, and I'm going off memory here, so I don't remember a lot of the original Justice League, but for what I do remember, Wonder Woman stood out to me. Aquaman actually did stand out to me. Of course, Batman and Superman did. Flash, eh, felt kind of Spider-Man-ish, you know, and not quite as solid in that region. And Cyborg felt like a multi-tool. He could hack into things. He could blow stuff up. He's connected because his dad's the scientist and the dad has the final cube But he was a plot device and merely that. This time around, I felt for him more. He was actually one of the main characters. If you had to pick and choose of the plot, right, who drove the plot, like if you had to pluck one of the Justice Leagues out of the Snyder Cut... What would damage the main thread of the plot the most? And I'm going to give you a quick breakdown in how I think that would happen. Least important. Flash. Sorry. Uh, and this is not to say these characters aren't important. It's not to say I don't love them and I didn't find them great in this movie. It's just to say, if we're just looking at it, if we had to take them out, uh, out of the movie, we had to whittle it down to one character who drove the plot the most, the main plot, the main story of the Snyder Cut, who would it be? So Flash, least important in that sense. Then Aquaman, least important. Then, unfortunately, Wonder Woman. She's kick-ass. She had a lot of great charisma. It really was a glue that binded everybody, but yeah. Then, Batman. That's gonna be, this is gonna be really controversial if anybody hears this, but <laughs> he was the get-together. And I actually like this aspect that even though Batman is one of the most important characters... He wasn't even, and even though he was the leader and got plenty of great screen time, he wasn't the only one who was carrying the team. He, he and Superman weren't the only two; they were following him, sure. But he was—I mean, he, you know—if you're watching the film, you—you you know, even if Batman died in the middle of the film, you would know that the Justice League could carry on and still complete the mission without him. That's incredible writing. That shows that not only can Batman lead and whoop ass in his own right. But he's also equal in other aspects to the team. Which makes it feel more like a team. <laughs> and not a Batman task force. So that was brilliant. So you could pl- pluck Batman out. Because plot wise. His main motivation is. A. He's Batman. And B. He brings everybody together. And he's the financer of this group he is the nick fury of it and the tony stark of it sure but he's that's and that's great but plot wise that that's it and then superman superman does have a pivotal point because his absence awakens these cubes because he can't defend earth and because his absence has made a crushed the lives of batman and so many others as well as um a figure and and a sign of a symbol of hope and and prosperity died, and with it darkness came. So it's very symbolic and important. Also, if you had Superman from the get go, ain't no threat. Man's fucking god, <laughs> like he's OP. You know what I mean? So second post. But interesting enough, in the Snyder cut, the most important is is Cyborg, and it is amazing that they were able to pull that off. Absolutely incredible. Because he was the the most, other than Flash, he was the least important character in the original cut. From what I remember. I mean, he was cool, but you could give a shit less. His connection with his dad, his personal history, and his ability to hack into the unity and all this. Without him, we wouldn't have been able to progress through the story. And you don't even realize that until the second and third act of the film. The first act, you're setting him up, and you still, he looks like an emotional, moody teen who's going to blast some people and punch some people and be a good mechanic bot and that uh, cyborg, right? And that's it. And you come to find out this man is driving the fucking plot forward. Incredible. I thought. You take him out, and you don't have that direct plot. It couldn't progress the way it did. So I think that was really interesting in the way Snyder recut it and the way it was written. Clearly that's the way it was written and it was incredible that they gave that much but it still didn't feel like nobody was pointless. They all worked in sync together and it was a a really cool way. The other thing I loved is Superman. I love Superman. He's one of my all-time favorite superheroes. And as I was watching this I never felt this way about... And I loved, I love Henry Cavill as Superman. I never felt this way... With... Um, how do I put this? I never felt this way as much with Man of Steel. I mean, I think it was great. He was a great superhero. Or in Batman v Superman. Um, I always thought he was a great character. And, and powerful. And just Superman. He's fucking awesome, right? It never occurred to me how fucking powerful he really is until Justice League, especially the Snyder Cut. Like, you really don't understand that the Justice League, as powerful as they are on his own. I mean, Wonder Woman's practically a god. Aquaman is, is also the son of a part, son of a, you know, ancestral line to a god. You know, Flash is the fastest person in the world. That really does benefit something cyborg hack any computer infrastructure in the world and can blow shit up with his hands and batman one of the smartest superheroes on earth on par intelligence level with tony stark or t'challa with the money to back it you know and he can whoop ass too i mean he's just an all-around the most solid hero you can like the most unshakable fucker you can mess with is batman you know what i mean he's just kick-ass all the time so you got a really strong group but When we're talking, if you're fighting a god, a literal fucking god, or someone from another universe who could, like, pick you up and rip you in half, Wonder Woman could go toe-to-toe physically. Aquaman for a second. Batman for a very, very, very small second. Cyborg and Flash. Flash if only. He's going fast. Cyborg, if he's shooting at a distance, they all have got their utility. But the only person who could go toe-to-toe and actually whoop the shit out of anybody is Superman. You need that physicality in a group. When you're looking at the Avengers, you've got, you've got um Hulk, and you've got Iron Man, and you've got Captain America. Captain America is kind of in that in between. He's very hard to beat, but he Thanos he couldn't go toe to toe with for very long. But who could? Thor could, and Captain Marvel could. Captain Marvel and Thor were the closest to Superman and Wonder Woman. They're that mythic god level cosmic power that no matter how super soldiers Captain America was or how trained and smart Tony Stark was they couldn't quite go toe to toe and that's why it was so important when they did in those brief moments where they could fight off Thanos it really did show their true power and so Superman when he finally comes in he whoops ass and is not even a hesitation at that point when he comes in you're like fucking finally because you just want to see him and you realize how much the char- all the other characters respect him how much the the universe adores when superman comes back in because it's not only not justice league without superman they're not as strong they really aren't there really was a threat to them surviving this fight against this godlike creature and his minions because without superman you can only get so far they were really just fighting for time they were they were the underdogs, and they had to kind of bob-weave and maneuver and outsmart him, and that's fine. But if he got in range of you, you could only hold him off for so long, and really, Wonder Woman was the best to go toe-to-toe with him, and you see that in the Snyder Cut, until Superman comes in. And then this guy gets f- his ass whooped in the first 30 seconds with Superman, and then in about three minutes, to, f- uh, there's a little other scene that goes in between, and ten minutes later... He gets killed. So within the first 15 minutes of Superman fighting this guy, he's dead. Within the first two hours of everybody else fighting him, he's dead. That's the difference. That's just sheer by the numbers, the power scale, that is why Superman's so important. He's also such just a good moral character and such a great beacon of hope. So that was also just spectacular to see. Them really give respect to Superman being as powerful as he is because on his own standalone films you see him all the time, and I think it was really clever that you don't see him for the majority of the film. So when he does come back, spoiler alert, ever given so many when he is resurrected from the grave, holy god! And he kind of goes rogue for a second and it's scary, and you see that premonition where he might go dark. I'm gonna get that in a minute. It's amazing, absolutely incredible that they do that. So I'm I'm very glad that they were able to give him, show him, show the strength, and also let us miss him. So when he does come back and kick ass, it doesn't feel like it's pointless. Because in Man of Steel, they as great as that movie is and as fun as it is, they level an entire city in the third act. It's because it's two gods duking it out. And Superman, it's his Superman film, so he's on screen the whole time. So the impact of him being as powerful as he is isn't as big because there's no contrast and there's no benchmark. But when you're watching Wonder Woman, who is also a goddess, and she's going toe-to-toe, but she can't even keep up with this guy, right? And then you see Batman all these other heroes you love. And when you see... And he's not even a city being torn apart. It's just a couple places, which I admire. I really like that they didn't do that again. Um... Then you're like, holy shit. So when Superman comes in and he whoops ass, you're like, oh, now it's getting real. And that impact is even more significant in this film. So there's some really good kick-ass moments. The slow-mo was used to great effect. The setup was phenomenal. It really got the characters together. Um, like I said earlier, I watched it with my family. And, I was, and I'm and i a good person. Please, please. Send me money, tip me, give me credit for this one. I do not brag. I do not get too hum. You know, I'm try, I am try to be humble and I try to, to remind myself that I, I am only human. I'm doing the best I can and I'm not the best person ever. But I will give my credit where credit is due. I didn't make my family watch the original Justice League cut. Yep, yep. yep round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> I appreciate you guys' feedback. Yeah, thank you. I uh, I didn't put them, I didn't subject them to that. I'm I'm kidding of course but um the reason why is just because it wasn't great there's no reason to waste their time and they they were raised on DC and they're you know they're not nerds like me per se but they were raised on Justice League and the original Wonder Woman stuff and they're fans of it and they're more familiar with DC than they are with Marvel and so especially with the Superman movies and they love the dark knight trilogy and all that and they watched the other stuff with Affleck and Henry Cavill but Justice League, I steered them clear from because it just would make no sense. It was confusing. It wasn't great, the original cut. So I never really worried about it. And then when I heard the Snyder Cut was coming out, I'm like, I'll just show them this. And I'm so glad it, I did because it made sense to them, right? And that's important for somebody who hasn't been following the DCU as carefully and hasn't read all the comics. You know what I mean? For an average goer, for it, for within itself to make sense, they they already knew the characters, of course, but they loved to see them again. They thought it was well done, it was well tied together. They understand some of the hiccups, and they they and I've explained to them at nauseum what it actually took to make this film, so they understand it, um, and they can take that with a grain of salt because you do. You can't compare this film because this film had to be remade later after horrendous circumstances right so that's what's also amazing that it makes sense within its own respect and you don't need and it, and it can make sense the the original cut of the justice league didn't make sense i didn't understand it and i'm a dcu fan and i've read some comics and i've and i watched all the other dcu films and i play arkham you know what i mean i didn't even get it i'm like what the fuck is going on and i'm a film guy i usually could piece it. like inception never confused me the original cut justice league i'm like wait who's okay why does what you know this i didn't have that we had four hours and we were able to breathe stretch and figure things out and piece it together and make it a full scale production and that's what i loved about it so those are some of the more specifics i know i was talking negative stuff first i'm actually going to start with the positive so when you're listening to this just so you know I don't do this usually, but I'm reordering this, restructuring this. I'm going to put this segment first, even though I recorded it after the negative. And I'll, I'll make a little thing about a little disclaimer, re, re-record a little disclaimer in the beginning saying some segments are going to feel off. Because I usually have a natural progression, and I don't right now. It's late, I'm tired, I just want to get my thoughts out now. I mean trying to make it as clear and concise as possible. But I realize I start negative and that's not always the most appealing and I don't want to turn people off. So I'm gonna throw this segment first. The positives of what I love about it. After the intro part. And then and then I'll go into kind of the negatives and the heroes and villains and all that. And then I'm gonna try restructuring that way. So stick around and uh well yeah, okay, you're this is the Opening segment. <laughs> that's so weird. That's so weird in my head. I'm sorry. It is very confusing because it's recording this way. But I really don't want to start negative on you guys. That's how I just start talking about it because I just get the negative stuff out of the way first. So stick around, and uh, you'll hear the negative stuff now, even though I've already said it. Crazy how how editing works. <laughs> stick around. Thanks. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in and listening and supporting psychic's thoughts and everything I do so i was just giving some background some disclaimers kind of giving you a comparison because i'm going to be comparing it to dcu to mcu as i evaluate the snyder cut a little bit but to put it simply for those who don't want to listen for more than 20 minutes which i understand i love the snyder cut a lot (laughs) good god i wish it was the movie that came out i think it is so much better than justice league i would open up a petition to erase the original theatrical cut of Justice League from the history of everybody and everything and just make Snyder Cut the new standard for the DCU for the movie that's there. Um, four hours is a lot, but it's okay because it allows time for catch-up. <laughs> they didn't get a decade to set up what they've needed to set up. They didn't get five years. Well, they did, but... It, Like I said, it was harder, more discombobulated. So this did what it needed to do. And unfortunately, these folks aren't coming back because if they were, I'd love to see Justice League 2. Fucking, they'd knock it out of the park, even if it wasn't Snyder behind it. This Snyder Cut puts everything in place, resets it, and pushes it forward. That's what was needed. That's what should have been done for the original. I understand why it wasn't. You can't put four hours in a theatrical release, can't make it rated R, couldn't fit everything, right? It is a little long in the tooth, right? When you edit, you have to you have to cut out stuff that isn't directly important. Right? You can only you can only veer so long. And the only times you're allowed to have movies that are as long as that is if you're a critically acclaimed director and people fear you. <laughs> or if you're Marvel and you've built a decade long and you're in control of everything, right? Marvel's making the decisions. Marvel hires the people. Marvel makes the final call. It's a studio. I don't know how DC and Warner Brothers works behind it. You know what I mean? It feels more like a Zack Snyder vision in line with a stamp of approval. But it doesn't feel like... It doesn't feel at all times that you could pass this DC franchise to somebody else as easily. Now they have, but I'm, you know, with Patty Jenkins and I, I don't remember the director of Aquaman. So they've done it. I'm just saying I don't think they can do it as easily. You know, people had a fear that Kevin Feige and John Favreau were going to be the brain children of the MCU and they were and they are. And without them it wouldn't be anything and that could be true, but it, and now it has enough legroom to expand even if they weren't here to help, but um, but w- without Snyder, we saw what happened without Snyder in the Justice League original cut. That's, that's the difference. So that's something you have to also take into uh, factor. So, Psychic, shut the fuck up about comparing films. That we don't care. What do you think of the Snyder cut? I liked it. I loved it. I thought it was much better. Like I said, a massive improvement. It allowed you to breathe. It allowed you to flesh out things allowed you to care you gotta care about the heroes and the conflicts that are going on at least to some degree it also allowed you to realize that these people had chemistry what's great about avengers at the point that it's at now is when they're all on screen they have chemistry like a dysfunctional fucked up family but it feels real and it's partially because these actors are friends close friends and they've been filming for X amount of years and working together. You know what I mean? It's like that. For this and for the original cut, it never felt like that. It felt convenient. It felt like, oh, you got a lasso that tells truth. Okay. You're the knight of Goth- Gotham City. You can whoop ass silently. You got some good water effects. You run hella fast. And you're just a fucking flying god. And you're a cyborg. Seems convenient that we stop this alien invasion. We've got power, a little more... (laughs) A little more skill and firepower than the NYPD. You know, Gotham City Police, same idea. Right? It felt like in the original cut, it was they were there. They recruited each other. They needed a team for the convenience of it. To have a Justice League, they needed a Justice League. (laughs) You know? In the animated series and in the comics... They're like a family. You get that. They all have a purpose. They all have weaknesses. They all lend to each other's strength, and they're all there for each other. There's camaraderie behind it. You don't. Uh, you're not allowed to get that time, of course, in the uh, films, right? And that's a technical issue as much as it is a story issue, right? This having four hours, while it may seem long, it allowed that to cultivate a little more. It allowed you to realize this is a team. It is isn't happenstance. It solidified that more and it makes you want to see them kick ass again in whatever adventure that comes. That's a big deal because when I first saw Justice League with my buddy, he's a huge DCU fan. And I love him for it because he gives me some great insight and thought on it. He said, you know, I'm a huge DCU fan. I read all the comics, all that. Keeps up with it. And he's always loved the DCU. He's not as critical against it as I am and 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 I appreciate that because I need somebody to sometimes say hey chill the fuck out you know um he said it was disappointing he said it was good in some areas and he and but he he's also really good at analyzing film and he said listen i'm a big dc fan you know man of steel is one of his all time favorite movies but um he said uh, something along the lines of As great as this is, it had the parts. It just didn't fully click in. And I think a lot of people felt that way. I felt that way too. I'm a huge Justice League fan. Used to watch anime series when I was little. And the film never clicked. Avengers click. I don't know if it clicked in the first movie, per se, for me. I mean, it felt like they were a team and it felt like they were getting together. But I was okay because I knew that was just the first step. It was very clear. Right? Loki wasn't going for world domination. I mean, kinda was, but he was really just focused on New York. <laughs> right. I mean that was he he was keeping it uh real, if you will. I mean he was trying to just become a god and take out the event you know, he's trying to do it all. Of course we found out he's under the thumb of Thanos, but um but you know, he was trying to do some havoc, but he wasn't he wasn't making a portal that would blow up Earth. He wasn't finding the <laughs> He was a little more grounded. He was just trying to take out New York. And that's not just because they wanted to make Loki seem like he was small potatoes. Even though that kind of was the plot point. That Thanos was behind it. and He wanted universal domination, not just planetary domination. But they allowed that to blossom over a decade. If Loki came in and said, I'm going to blow up all of Earth. Why? Because I want to. it wouldn't matter as much what makes loki a great villain is that he didn't have to be a villain you know he's not he's not inherently evil he's the brother of thor he's got more history and he's got more relationship and reason to him that's also what made thanos in the mcu so fucking terrifying is for me personally and for so many others in the MCU, in, in any big CGI monster, when they come in and they're the villain, you're like, okay, yeah, well, clearly you're going to kick some ass, but why? You're always going to ask, why do you want to do this? It doesn't have to be the most profound reason ever. It doesn't have to be for the harmony of all. It could just be because a human killed my sister and I can't like humans. Is that the strongest point? No, but It's something. Thanos wanted to balance the universe. He found it. It's impartial. It wasn't specifically Earth. It's just where the stones were. The parts of what he needed to do. So it wasn't personal. He would, Until Endgame of course. And so he wanted to. Wipe out half the universe. To reduce pain and suffering. For a millennium. Horrible plan. But not not unfathomable in the sense of it's not just all wrong and you're like okay that doesn't make sense why would you do that stupid you could see oh he wanted to stop starvation he saw his planet dying and he tried to tell them about it but nobody listened not enough people change so you need an instant event that's randomized and not selected to end overpopulation suffering and overconsumption on a universal scale is it wrong? Is it still unjust? Yes. It's horrendous. But it's not completely fucked. If you know what I... It's hard to explain without me sounding like a psychopath. And, and you saw that he already sacrificed. You can empathize that he has sacrificed his own well-being and his own happiness That he is becoming a a martyr of his own cause. That makes him instantly more terrifying. Because it makes him more real. When I say Thanos, you don't just think of a big purple dude who's, who's snapping fingers. We're not talking about the Blue Man Group. Right? When I say Thanos, or when I say Darth Vader... Or when I say, I, I you know, his names, names are leaving me now. When I say those villains, the Joker from Dark Knight, Heath Ledger's Joker, when I say those villains, they stick out to you because they were able to strike a chord with a very basic human principle or thought or feeling and able to capitalize on that. So you could empathize or at least sympathize with what they were going through. And they could still be the most maniacal, hate-filled, spewed person wanting to eliminate all life on Earth. And you could still hate them for it, but you could understand why why they personally would be doing that. Because that's a lot of energy. Why, you know. And so my friend said to me that Justice League fell short and didn't quite click, and I understand that. And I think part of it is... And even even with the Snyder Cut, as great as it is, is because it was trying to do everything MCU's done for a decade, kind of in one, get a little flavor of each, and while it works in some areas, big thing for me personally when I'm watching films is the conflict, the antagonist, the whether it's the environment or grief, like in Wonder or cancer, for if it's you know a, a melodramatic, uh, you know drama low-budget drama film, you know what I mean? Whatever the the catalyst for for the conflict is, whether it's cancer, whether it's a house collapsing or a haunted house, whether it's uh, the city of Springfield that needs to change because it's under a dome from pollution, whether it's um, Thanos trying to destroy the universe, or Vader trying to rule the galaxy. All of those things felt somewhat one foot on the ground in in some form of reality that we understand and also there was a reason behind it or if there wasn't there is was, there is an acceptance be within the universe of why it's happening there's no reason for cancer to happen but if someone has it the and if in the film they can convey the acceptance of what cancer is then you still accomplish the The reality and and maybe the pain or the emotion that comes from something so painful or antagonizing as that. Right? So when you have films or TV shows where it has a villain who... You know... Like in a spy thriller, it has a villain who's wearing all black and has a suppressed pistol and is like... I must kill this woman. Why? Because she leads me to you. like, okay, why do you want to kill me? Because you... You get in my way. Your way for what? I want to be a bad guy. And you try to stop me from that. So I'm going to just kill this person and reinforce the idea I'm a bad guy. That's easy writing. That's a good way to start it. But if Thanos just came... I'm sorry I'm using Avengers. I know it's is a DCU thing. But I just want to compare these things because I do think they're very alike in many ways. And they're easy ways to show the difference and pros and cons of each If Thanos decided to collect the Infinity Stones and try to snap the universe out of existence because he got bored, because he finished binge-watching The Office on Netflix, you wouldn't care. You wouldn't. You'd be like, oh, another big CGI guy trying to fuck up shit. Like in Thor. Like in Iron Man. Like in Captain America. Like in almost every Marvel film. That's why Ultron wasn't great. I'm sorry, I think Ultron was cool, but I don't think he was the greatest... Uh, villain ever he that was when marvel was doing those stereotypical big cgi villain wants to take over the world now it was a little more intricate because he wanted to do it through ai and this ai wanted to break free so there's a little more intricacy but at the end of the day he still wanted to take over the world because he wanted the power and you can have that as an aspect but if that's the only motivation then that's boring and it's played out The Joker in the Dark Knight is weird. And the reason he's weird is not because he's a psychopath or because he's crazy. He's weird because his motivation for what he does is to purely antagonize Batman. And to be... And he it's almost meta. He's breaking the fourth wall. He wants to fulfill the role to be the villain. the The other half of Batman. He wants to keep Batman going that's incredible i mean that's the best way of making a foil of a character because batman hates him but batman loves him that's codependent relationship that doesn't happen often you don't see that thanos wasn't trying to do that you had a moment where he had respect for tony stark and they could have built on that of course it wouldn't have happened that doesn't make sense in what they were doing but joker's pure form in the dark knight was purely to just You know, to truly just fuck with Batman. Everything he did was to torment him and to make Joker the villain Batman needed. Joker wanted to die. He didn't want to rule the world. He was already ruling Gotham. He was already manipulating the people. And sure, he liked the power and liked the control. And he loved being an agent of chaos. And that's something you can tap into. Because chaos is something that scares anybody whether it's a black hole sucking you in, whether it's a tsunami destroying a city, whether it's a giant spider killing you for no fucking reason, or whether it's Thanos snapping you out of existence or the Joker setting a ho- blowing up a hospital. It's all random chaos, and that's scary enough itself. And Dark Knight was written on the principle that the Joker's purpose is that And they allowed the Joker to work within that range and not try to be the only villain and to be the only threat that Batman faced and to be there on screen 100% of the time. Or 50% of the time. In fact, we knew in The Dark Knight that Joker would get his ass whooped by Batman. Like, from a physical standpoint. The Joker had no match going toe-to-toe with Batman. Unlike in Dark Knight Rises, where Bane actually kicked the shit out of Batman, right? But at no point did Joker have a chance. Maybe he'd get one clean punch in if he tried, but that even then, that wouldn't have worked. Joker used Batman's fear and manipulated him psychologically, and that's what Joker is best for. Joker is Batman's kryptonite. But unlike Superman, who will actually stay away from kryptonite, because it will kill him, and it's like, you know... Batman can't stay away from the Joker, and that's the beautiful, beautiful antagonistic relationship that those two characters have had since, you know, the origin of, you know, since the inception of these characters. No pun intended. So, um, in the Snyder Cut, as great as it is in so many areas, the villain falls flat once again. It is a big CGI villain who wants to destroy the world. And while it's cool, and he's a cool character, Steppenwolf, and while I think it was interesting to see him kind of flesh out his vulnerabilities, which they started to do, and I really like that, he still just wanted to destroy Earth because he wanted to destroy Earth. There was actually no reason. I, I If there was, I didn't catch it. I might have missed it, but there's not really a big reason for him to do it other than he wanted to. I mean, they wanted to get the cubes, get the unity going, and bam, boom, shablam. Wipe out the Earth. Wipe out Earth. They've been doing it to planets. I mean, they're trophy hunting. And, you know... I mean, that's what that Rick and Morty episode's about, that contest where they make the planet, the best musicians on that planet, perform. Otherwise, uh, you know, the Floating Head episode, I forget their their what their race was called. It just left me. Show me what you got, show. And then they laser blast them and it was just random there's no purpose there's no reason for them to blow up these plants other than they just for their own amusement that was great writing and parody to show how indifferent the universe is to us and to make you realize we're not that special we're only special to us i loved that and in the confines of a 21 minute comedy show in a sci-fi setting that works but in justice league if you're gonna have a villain come in and try to destroy earth instantly just vaporize it you better have a good reason i that's it that's it they just have to have a decent reason for me it doesn't have to be the best reason ever it just has to be a reason and if it could the better it is the better i'm going with it but there was no reason he didn't have to do it he could have stayed home he could have gone to another planet right and then so and then you'd say well josh then we wouldn't have a movie Yeah, I, I'm i not saying I don't want a movie. I'm just saying that's a pretty bad plot. If, if, that is, if you can't have that and you don't have the movie, wh- what is going on? You know what I mean? Why would you do that then? That's all I'm getting at. Give me a better reason. If you just want to destroy Earth, okay. But I feel like we've grown up from that. And I feel like if you're going to put Batman, Superman, Flash, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, and who am I missing? I'm missing one Aquaman you want to put them all together some of the coolest heroes ever you better find a better reason than just destroying Earth because that's every other superhero's reason I'm pretty sure that's yeah I mean I don't remember many other superheroes who are like no I don't want to destroy Earth I just want to destroy you I mean that's what was amazing about Joker he wanted in Dark Knight he wanted to de- just destroy Batman and, and keep running Gotham his aspirations were too lofty and that's it that's my point. Villains matter. The antagonist, the conflict at play, matters on why. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to have something. And it didn't for Justice League, even after the Snyder Cut. It was a little more fleshed out in that area, but it, and I liked when Steppenwolf showed his vulnerability. But at the end of the day, it was just another CGI boss fight, and it felt like a video game. Stick around after the break, and I'll try to wrap this up. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Now this is like a Christopher Nolan film, isn't it? <laughs> Cutting back and forth, decided that they hear the, the pros and, and what I like to come in the first segment after the intro, made disclaimer there, and the mention at the end, and here uh, the villains and conflict to come after that, uh, more of what I think needed improvement, where I originally recorded it, starting more negative and ending more positive. I wanted to flip that. So you guys have a better listenership. So, sorry for that confusion. I usually don't do that. Um, so, to wrap this up. Because I've been talking way too long about this. And I want to have a night to myself. Because it's been too long. It's a four hour movie. Anyway, um... (laughs) I was gonna start singing. I should always just stick to rap. I'm sorry for that. Anyway. Uh, four hours was too much. Honest to God. it It was a little too much. I will say that much. Um... It's not boring at any point. You're not like, oh, God, this is four hours. I was just realizing as a filmmaker, like, you you didn't need as much. I mean, there's so much slow-mo in the movie to the point where you're like, okay, I get Snyder, and I like slow-mo, but come on, dude. If he cut back on half of the slow-mo he did, we would, I swear to God, it would shave 30 minutes off the film. And it still not take away from anything. You just, you know, cut the seconds down. So if you have a 60-second slow-mo scene, you cut it down to 30 seconds worth of slow-mo. It doesn't need to be that slow, and it doesn't need to be that long. There's this whole opening in the very beginning where Aquaman... It was like a two-minute scene where these ladies were singing to Aquaman. That, I mean, it was nice, but, but <laughs> there's no purpose in that. I, I, didn't, I don't know why that was there. There was no reason for that. In fact, that entire chunk where we see him walk in the ocean and disappear... We know he's Aquaman. You didn't even need to show that. You could have just had him finish his sentence, and then we cut to the next scene, and that would have shaved three to four minutes, right? And that's just the filmmaker, me being nitpicky and whatnot. I get it. It's a Snyder's cut, director cut, whatever. He's four hours. He wants to do it. He can do it. I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying, if you're gonna make it four hours, you you that doesn't mean you have to have that. Still have stuff that doesn't necessarily progress anything or even give context or exposition to stuff like these ladies singing just kind of felt awkward it actually slowed the pace down and made it feel off and there's a couple other scenes where you're like she didn't quite fit for me but that's it just a few gripes you know cut on the slow mo that could have do a few of those that could have reduced it by an hour and still kept the same exact plot the same pace and the same exposition still got everything out of it the same and saved an hour that's just a a weird personal thing anyway beyond that and and I've said spoilers so I'm giving more spoilers ahead now there are some things that piqued my interest and tickled me pink that I'd love for them to expand upon I don't know where DCU is going in the future I hope HBO Max is going to be a safe haven for them to start expanding what they want to do because now they can and I think this Justice League should re- renew faith in them even if it's not the same cast which will suck they need to They need to get their shit together and start doing it quick it's driving me crazy um, these visions these premonitions these new characters these glimpses into what could be are very exciting even if you don't want to keep that as a main storyline even if you want it to be an offbeat like in an alternate timeline <laughs> you know like the West style sorry my dog's going clickety clack he's walking in the room Situated, there we go. Um, even if you just wanted to make it completely alternate and not connect in any way other than just being this parted, you know, these same characters from the DCU, but this has no impact on the main storyline, so you don't make people sad or upset. I just want to see it fleshed out. The premonition where Batman, and it may be leading to something tangible, where Batman at the very end in this destroyed city that we see glimpses of and flashbacks of and so many trail, trailer promos. A lot of footage. They shot a lot there, clearly. Um, where the city's destroyed, looks like Gotham is destroyed. Um, Joker sitting on a police car. Jared Leto Joker, looking like a combo of Joaquin Phoenix's Joker and Heath Ledger's Joker, not that machine gun Kelly Pete Davidson crack baby Joker, right? No, this uh, kind of combo that... But still keeping his insanity deeply, deeply depraved and fucked. Beyond beyond insanity. Seems like a very solid Joker for the DCU. Clearly, if Joaquin Phoenix doesn't want to stay as a... That's more of a standalone thing, that's fine. This guy, Jared Leto, with that makeup and the way he was doing stuff... And the screen time that he was allowed to have... That was... Because I don't hold it completely against him. He wasn't a terrible Joker. He wasn't given enough room to be Joker. So that was amazing and interesting. I'm like, okay, show me more, show me more. Joker's never lost in my books even if it's not perfect. Um, Lex Luthor talking at Deathstroke. I completely forgot about that at the end. That was un- very interesting and I'm it's Deathstroke, right? Yeah. And I'm very excited to see what that does. Um never really seen Deathstroke in the movie, I don't think. Um so that's cool. Cool to see Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor, still kicking it. Um, I've never thought of Lex Luthor being Jesse Eisenberg. It just doesn't fit with me in my head. Um. Jason Statham would be a better, and I'm not just saying because he's bald naturally. I'm just saying his mannerisms. But, um, I'm I'm actually liking this Jesse Eisenberg. He's an unhinged, chaotic, neutral sort of guy. Which I know is kind of oxymoronic in its own way, but. What I'm trying to say is he's calm, but he's fucking crazy. Whereas Joker is not just calm. He's crazy. And Harley Quinn is loud and crazy, but still silly. So she's not as disturbing. It's weird, but it's a good blend of all these different villains. you get Deathstroke and Deadshot who are just dead serious. So, um... You got a strong roster of villains in DCU, of course. And... So I like this Lex Luthor. I like that he's not fucking around anymore. Um, And I like to have an, a, another reputable name behind it. I think Jesse Eisenberg... Slowly grew on me as Lex Luthor. Right? I always had Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor. Because that's what I was raised on in Superman Returns when I was little. And Kevin Spacey's a really good villain. He plays good villains. Say what you will about him. And I, I know he's got controversy up the ass. But... He did play a good Lex Luthor because he was calm, he was human, and he was mean. Also, side note, Superman Returns, I was raised on all the classic Superman films, and I've always loved Superman. I was raised Justice League animated show, all that stuff, Batman animated show, but I really always loved even the Adam West show. I watched that Batman. I really love Superman Returns specifically because, of course, it was the most up-to-date one at the time. I was seven when it came out, right? So it's... Pivotal point, um, I used to play as Superman on the playground. I love the idea of just being a hero, flying in, saving the day. Um, it was also a hard time in my life. I lost my grandma, who was very close to me. And so Superman was kind of a way for me to resonate with that pain and say, let me step out of myself and become a hero. So Superman always spoke to me and Superman Returns. It was the big movie of the time and the Superman movie of the time. And I still got that DVD there, and I still love that movie. And I know it's not the most loved, and I know that Superman was only a one-time thing, and I'm okay with that because, personally, it just resonated with me at the time. I was a kid. I lost my grandma. I was already in love with Superman, and that was the newest Superman to come to date. So it was just perfect timing. So anyway, um, but that Lex Luthor, as Kevin Spacey in that movie, it was good. Uh, even looking back on it, I think he was just creepy. It was subtle, but what was also brilliant about that Superman is it wasn't violent it wasn't fighting there was one fight scene it was about Superman saving people. It was not action heavy, and nowadays that won't be as interesting, and it's not one I'll always want to watch if i'm watch if I'm hungry for a superman action heavy one, but I mean he. Honestly, honestly, he could hardly throw a punch. Like, he didn't seem that powerful. Now, there's a one scene where, like, that death machine shot at him, and that was cool. But it was him saving people. He wasn't laser shooting and flying through buildings and punching a guy through five stories and shit like that. No, no, no. He was flying and saving people. And when he had to fight, he was fighting just to survive, just to not be antagonized. And that was cool because you could tell that he was trying to be neutral. And I liked the diplomatic side of seeing him. Now, of course, I like the Henry Cavill more. And I like the balance of that and seeing how he could go and turn on a switch and fuck somebody up but still be that passive uh, diplomatic hero. That's more, and we got more screen time with the Henry Cavill one. But I'm just saying I really found it interesting that that Superman was, for the most part, really just about saving people. And that's cool. That's cool to have. It's a cool break. So, yeah. Um. Anyway, long story short, I thought this was a great Justice League. Also, Martian. Holy shit. Martian Manhunter, whatever you want to call him. Martian. Um, used to watch a Justice League series when I was little. The animated 2002 to 2006 series. Um, He was in it a lot. He was a prime ca- character. That unlocked a whole memory of mine that I forgot. And now that show is actually on HBO Max, so I'm going to go rewatch that. But, um, big fan of that character. I really like... I really like that character a lot. I don't know what to say. I just... He... It's no bullshit. This is all on the table when Martian walks in. He's there to help. He's gonna help. Even though he can look like somebody else, he's not... He's not cruel. He's really just a decent character from what I've seen and known. Right? I don't know everything, so I could be fooled. But anyway um i thought that was lovely addition and that just opens up the whole realm of oh yeah there's more people that need to be on the justice league i you know i forget that that's really exciting to see so they're setting up a lot of cool things with these premonitions the martian lex Luthor talking to deathstroke a lot of cool things um of course i don't know how much of that was filmed then and How much they had slated at the time that then after Suicide Squad and Justice League failing and all these dips and slides and turns that they've just cut so much of this that it won't ever happen. I do find it weird that if they do decide to release the Snyder Cut this weekend, they ought to realize that some people are going to probably expect at least the final, the epilogue stuff, to maybe still happen in some capacity. I'm interested to see how they handle that through Warner Bros., HBO, and DC. That'll be interesting. But nonetheless... Those are my initial thoughts and feelings on the Justice League Snyder Cut overall, just to remind you, I liked it a lot. I thought it was a great improvement. Of course, there are some things that fell short, but that's just what happens. Um, I'd love to see Justice League 2 at any capacity now. This has renewed my faith in DCU. Um, I don't think it's the greatest film ever. I don't think it's a 10 out of 10. You know, I'm seeing a lot of fanboys and just seeing a lot of people who had such low expectations saying it's the best movie ever. Oh my God, it's the greatest film. I mean I think it's a great film. I think it was really fun and I think it was, it really did, did what was needed to be done and repaired and put this c- series back on track to a point where to a, it in a way I never could have thought. Don't get me wrong, I'm blown away and my expectations have been pushed beyond any, any my expectations weren't were not were just kind of there I'm, i was excited i knew it was going to be better than any better than nothing and i was intrigued to see what would happen and i'm pleasantly blown away but i i um but i'm not at the point where I'm like oh that's the most amazing cinematic event ever as epic as it was it still will never hold up it wouldn't hold a candle for me personally to end games And the reason for that is, after Infinity War, I waited a goddamn year to see the conclusion for that. And I was following this storyline for 10 years, and I still didn't understand all of it. And there's still more to unpack, and I still, and I had a decade to grow with these characters. And this, I had about four years for about three of them, and that was it. So. Anyway, I loved it. I thought it was great. I highly recommend you see it if you're a DC fan, if you're a movie fan. Um, if you're a Zack Snyder fan, of course, um, Justice League fan, really just see it. Unless you hate superhero films, or if you can't stand a four-hour film, of course, it's at home. You can pause it. It is appropriately split into parts, and it's well-segmented. Also, the dialogue, I forgot to mention. It's okay. It's not the best dialogue ever, but there are beautiful, poignant moments. Um, and it was nice to see that. It It was refreshing. It was also nice to see that I don't know that they were working together. There wasn't as much animosity, um, and they kind of got with the program and just Justice League started working together. But what's more exciting is the potential this film brings with Martian, with the new villains, with the Justice League as itself as a live action coming together. It, you tell me, as a kid, there's a Justice League live action, I'd shit myself. I'm. We ought to be thankful it's out here, and we have to push for even better next time, because I know it can be even better, and I'm excited to see what it brings. So thank you all for tuning in and listening to my late-night ramblings. It is late. It's 1 a.m. in the morning. one thirty three a.m. in the morning, to be precise. I've been recording this for about 45 minutes. Um, it's a long movie, right? <laughs> it kept me up a while. So I'm going to go to bed now, But uh, but yeah thank you all for listening i'm excited to see where dc goes um i don't do many movie reviews but this is such a big event and i just saw it and it was on my mind and i had so many thoughts i figured i'd put it out for you guys i've done some on star wars and i've done some on uh on marvel i think i did an endgame one i don't remember actually i might have made that a draft um let me know if you guys can, I know you can't like comment on here, but if you follow me on Instagram at psychic34 or on Twitter, same handle. Um, you know, I, I do have a link that goes everywhere, um, even through these podcasts. But if you follow me and, and you know how to reach me, shoot me a message, comment on one of my posts, uh just let me know if if you want me to do some more movie reviews. I am a filmmaker, I have been studying film for ten years, I'm qualified to do it. It is exhausting because films matter so much to me that, and I do these for the most part off the top maybe an outline or a draft of what I want to do but I'm never it's never pre-written podcasts I'm just telling you my thoughts it's the whole idea of this podcast channel and um So I wouldn't want to do it injustice, but there are films and things I could talk about, whether it's fresh on my mind or stuff that I love deeply, whether it's Star Wars or the new Planet of the Apes trilogy. Uh, My thoughts on how Matrix changed the action genre. My thoughts on how The Raid is the most underrated action genre. My thoughts on how um, MCU has shifted the way films are made. Um, My thoughts on how comedy films are a safe haven but also the trickiest film to make my thoughts on how the horror film genre is the most innovative and yet the most unappreciated um i've got a lot of thoughts on films and i'd love to give them at some point if you guys are willing to go give those a listen because this takes time takes effort it takes energy and i've already got these thoughts i've already written them down You know, and I'd love to share them, but there's no reason for me to go to all this extra work to do it if no one's going to listen. I just want to get the Justice League thoughts out of the way because it's what's hot this weekend. It just dropped yesterday, and I just watched it today. So, thank you all once again. I appreciate all the love and support, and until next time. Yeah, that's all I got. I don't know what I was going to say. See ya.